Welcome to The Lead, the NBA pod. It's your Tuesday episode with Shaq and Dre. Today we talk about Paul George's historic start to the NBA season. This is followed by a discussion about load management and its effect on family. Next, we get into our power rankings for other contenders in the NBA, who's truly fighting for the championship and where do they rank. Finally, we get into our nationally televised weekly preview, where we talk about the best games on national TV throughout the week. This is a packed episode with a lot of good information, so I know you'll enjoy it. All right, welcome back. It's your Tuesday episode. I'm joined by Dre. Say what's up. What it is, people. Lakers in three. Of course, of course. Let's get things started um, with news. I don't really have much. In fact, I have no news except for Ryan Anderson got cut by the Rockets. I don't know if that's even news. Oh, shucks. <laughs> No, nah, no one cares, bro. He hasn't been playable for the last two years. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty trash. So let's go ahead and get to our topics. Uh, I know we want to talk about Paul George, uh, how he's looked in his first couple of games. We'll get into some load management with the Clippers, do some power rankings of the contenders, and then, of course, we'll fan our preview of the biggest national TV games of the week. So, I mean, have you seen uh, the Clippers games of Paul George, the first two ones? Uh, I saw highlights. I didn't watch the full, you know, basketball game because I'm an avid Lake. I mean, a uh, Clippers hater, and I hate to see the Clippers do well at any time. <laughs> and Kawhi and Paul George, great. Um, it pains me to watch both of those uh, supposed to be Lakers playing in another uh, playing in another team. Worse enough, in the, in the same you know, arena. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure. I actually I actually went back and watched both of them, but quickly. Um, the first game was against the Pelicans. It was a loss, close game. He had. 33 points, 10 for 17 from the field. In the second game, he was also 10 for 17 from the field, but this time with 37 points. Um, neither game was anything crazy in terms of like assists and stuff like that. I mean, he had nine rebounds in the first one, but the biggest thing I think, the biggest takeaway, is that he's shooting the ball incredibly. He looks really good in the offense, and man, I did not expect him to look that, you know, to be that seamless off, off the jump. Bro, he's a fluid player. Um, you gotta think of him as like a mini KD. I mean, he's he's a a big, uh, you know, who can defend. He can handle. He can shoot. He can create his own shot. You know what I'm saying? There's no disrespect, you know, to Paul George because he's a phenomenal player. He just, you know, not seven foot and not not the sniper that KD is. But you gotta think he can legitimately do it all. He has no holes in his game. He can post up. Uh, he can go ISO. He can be, you know, a catch and shoot threat. Uh, he can also just, you know, he's, that's the reason he was in the MVP conversation last year. Um, he just doesn't do well when he's a sole superstar on the team. But Paul George has always been nice. Like, he's always been that guy. So yeah, that definitely. Surprise At least it shows that he's one of these guys that's a real, like, plug and play kind of guy because of his shooting, going to your Kevin Durant comparison. Um, which is why it's going to be crazy to see him and Kawhi because, I, I mean, He's been super efficient. In fact, I can go through like the history of this. So after his second game, uh, he's the first player in the history to score 33 plus points in under 25 minutes a game. First player to score 37 plus points in under 21 minutes. Um, he's the second player in history to score 37 points on 17 or fewer field goal attempts in a game. Most player, most points by a player making his Clippers home de- debut. Uh, most points by a player in his first two games with the Clippers. The last two ones, who cares? Clippers stats, whatever. But the fact that he's scoring this many points in like that short of time, just off of like down screens, like pin downs and 
handoffs and stuff like that. You can tell Doc Rivers is having a ton of fun just drawing up plays and stuff. And between him and Kawhi, I mean, that's a ton of buckets just like in bunches. Yeah. When you have that many ball handlers and that many uh, people who can create offense, um, you know, it's a seamless flow. You know what I'm saying? You, you can literally do anything. You don't have to take anything out of the playbook. Because uh, between Lou Will uh, initiating the offense, who's superb at pick and roll, it's Kawhi Leonard, who's gotten much better, and, you know, Paul George, who can initiate offense as well. Like, you really have people who could just grab and go and then start the offense, or you have fast breakers. Uh, everyone's in their prime, so you can get out and go. And I have a hot take for everyone. Uh, Paul George is the ultimate Scottie Pippen, and low-key is better than Scottie Pippen as far as, like, servicing the main guy role. Uh, I can't think of any complimentary p- player that would be better than Paul George as far as being, like, that Scottie Pippen type, long, athletic wing. He can actually score the ball at a high rate, too. I'm not saying Scottie couldn't score like that, but he had o- obvious, you know, offensive holes in his game. Uh, Paul George doesn't have that many, and he's pretty equitable on defense. I mean, obviously you give Scottie Pippen a slight uh, nudge, but it's not about much. So, like I said, man, I mean, it's not I'd that bad of a take. I think in many ways he's like the new age Scottie because back in the day, I mean, shooting wasn't emphasized like it is now. But if you wanted that Robin type, the perfect one for now, I mean, he has to be able to shoot threes. And Paul George defensively, for someone who's six foot eight, six nine, that can get through screens. That can like slide with Damian Lillard in the playoffs, like it's insane. This defense is crazy. I think the only thing with Paul George, which is why he's a Robin, is that in the playoff moments, the biggest moments, he kind of comes up short. I mean, it was like the whole playoff P thing that was going around. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. He's definitely James Harden when it comes to the playoffs. Like if James Harden has someone else who's like a legitimate closer. Because uh, James Harden can get you there. He can he can carry you to the fourth, and he can get you there. But you need, like, a close. It's kind of like LeBron was in there early in his career where, you know, LeBron will get you there. He'll carry you there to the, you know, center point of the game. He's like, all right, I need someone else to kind of, you know, take this last shot. So, D-Wade, go ahead and do your thing. Go Kyrie Irving. Go ahead and mix and mingle. Uh, and it's the same thing with James Harden and Paul George, man. It's no night, you know, no knock against them. But some people are just born closers. That doesn't mean Kyrie is better than LeBron. Uh, that doesn't mean D Wade was better than LeBron, um, but you know you need someone who got that you know that it factor. And Paul George no, is saying time and time again uh, to not have quick, that. Like in the, so. To end the Paul George talk, um, I will say you got to take everything with a grain of salt. The Hawks and the Pelicans are two of the worst defenses in the league, so of course he torches them. And then defensively, he's definitely working back into things. I mean, he even said himself that he's still trying to get his legs under him. And he was fouling a bunch. And so, I mean, definitely look forward to that improving. But speaking of his defense, the Clippers have not been, like, you know, perfect this year. They've definitely dropped some interesting games. How do you think the team's going to look with both of them on the court together? Like, do you think Kawhi will be playing a lot of four? Do you think that Paul will be playing a lot of shooting guard? Like, how does that match up defensively? What, what is your prediction on that? For sure. Well, it's going to be definitely positionless, so I wouldn't get too caught up in the three and the four. Um, as far as, like, who's going to be doing that. Um, because, you know, Kawhi and Paul George and, honestly, Montrezl Harrell are going to be doing a lot of switching. The only real liabilities on defense is if they choose to go a closing lineup of, like, Blue Will or something like that. It'll be a liability versus, like, a Pat Bev type thing. Um, but um, it's going to be it's going to be extremely switch-heavy. Um, and they can go – I mean, you know, Kawhi can guard one through four. Um, you know, 
and then Paul George can go guard one through four as well. You know, not in long stretches, but definitely in that scheme where you're switching heavy, uh, they can hold their own. So, yeah, I wouldn't get too caught up on just playing three or four because, honestly, you know, their matchup is going to start as such. But once those, you know, pin downs and pick and rolls start, you know, going, they're just going to yield switch and be able to hold their own uh, with those uh, primary ball handlers and even some of those smaller bigs. Um, oh, for and sure. And I guess that's have, also how it is. definitely. It's marvelous, super switchable. Even Landry is a big guard. He's like six foot five or something. So he can like, yeah. while he can't guard four itself, he's still not some just like little person to pick on. So I definitely see your point there. Um, I know last week we talked about Kawhi, and you mentioned wanted to talk more about load management. It's perfect time because in the in the last couple of games, which is why we haven't seen him together, Trash. Kawhi Trash. hasn't been playing. He's been load managed. Like crazy, he's already missed three or four games to start the season. What's your take on like the state of things with that? Trash, 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 trash. All right, one. Okay, first. Okay, from a, I mean, from a managerial perspective, it makes sense. If Kawhi has had chronic knee problems, like knee problems don't really get better. Ask Derrick Rose. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't really get better. Um, you just learn to manage them a little bit better than you did previously. Man, even Russ has lost a step. You know, what I mean? and that's with age too. Um, but having so many, like, surgeries on your knees, you know, it, it, it wears on you, honestly. Um, so, like, taking it, taking games. And Russ is an Iron Man. And you see Russ, like, sitting out some games now. So, I mean, it's understandable. Like, when your knees start to go, like, your longevity in your career um, is shortened significantly. Um, so, I totally get that. So, from a managerial perspective, it makes a ton of sense. Low managing Kawhi, even to a lesser extent, uh, Paul George. I mean. Kawhi's your cash cow. You need him for the next four years, not necessarily the next four months. So I get them being very cautious and appealing to his needs. But <laughs> let me get back. Let me put my fan hat back on. It's super <laughs> duper trooper trash, bro. I can't emphasize that enough. Like, people are paying money for someone who essentially has no ailments other than soreness, um, saying they're low managing in order to, you know, get to the playoffs. Like, it got to the point where the regular season is so insignificant that, you know, not only do stars not care about it, you know what I'm saying, but, you know, uh, coaches don't care. Like, people are just really coasting to get to the playoffs, you know. And we know how much playoff tickets cost. Not everyone can afford them. Someone paid nosebleed seats for their first time ever to see Kawhi, and he's low managing. Like, there's a different set that you can low manage, man. You can play, like, 10 to 15 minutes a game and, like, just, you know, sit down. You know, so people can get a glimpse of you or something like that. Like, coming from an average fan perspective, I think it's selfish for that. But at the same time, as a grown man, I can't tell you how your body feels. Um, and I, I read a clip that he said he wants to do this so he's able to play basketball with his son one day. So maybe we don't know the severity of how bad his knee is or how it's getting. Maybe he's losing cartilage or what have you. Um, so I mean, I respect this decision, but as a fan, as a consumer, um, it, it's, it's pretty bad that it's the new norm to where you're paying, you know, these outrageous prices for these tickets to potentially not see marquee, uh, names. Um, oh, definitely. In fact, I think a way around this would be so. for the Clippers just to come out and just to put out a schedule. I mean, and just, just to let the fans know games that Kawhi isn't going to play because they already know like a good handful, most of it, probably 90% of the games that. They already know, like, back-to-backs, certain nights, like, after a long flight, and he's not going to play. And as a fan, I mean, you can take the extra step and, like, really, you know, know this type of stuff, which, I mean, if you're going to spend money on it, you probably should. 
see like you should know that he's not gonna play back to backs. I mean, it's true, but 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 really quick, let me. Uh, okay, so I'm in Dallas right now, uh, and you know the Lakers only mm-hmm. played Dallas at in in Dallas two times. So I bought that ticket well in advance, not worrying about any type of load management or whatever. I like I had to play trick of the draw, and to get protection on your ticket is an additional like forty or fifty dollars, uh, depending on the ticket that you got. So like you know people don't have a discretionary income, you know, just kind of throw out and plan for something like that, or you know the common fan just wants to you know you know see the marquee name and not going to follow Sports Center you know to the T. As like most, you know, basketball fans mm-hmm. like us, you know, we know everything about the game and what's going on, who's low management and all that. The common fan isn't going to know that and honestly isn't going to care. So, you know, it becomes an issue of, you know, morality and return on investment. Like, what are we doing and why are there no like, you know, harsher mandates in order to make sure that, you know, these stars are seen? I would, I, and I think this is an extreme position that won't be heard by anyone, but when marquee players sit out, you need to discount those tickets or you need to issue some type of marginal refund. Because <laughs> we're not we're not coming to see Pat Bell. I don't care. I'm never playing I'm never playing a ticket to, to go see Pat Bell. Or if I'm gonna watch the <laughs> Lakers game, I'm not going to the Lakers to watch Quinn Cook. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's not a thing. So, you know, if you're gonna give me if you're if you're selling me false goods or a false narrative that like we're gonna see these people, like if every flyer has LeBron James versus Porzingis, um, as a flyer, and then LeBron sits out, you know what I'm saying, for low management. Like, obviously, if he's hurt, he's hurt. For low management, I mean, you need to issue me a refund, man. Or you need to give me the opportunity to switch that out for a later date, you know, in order to see what I want to see. I feel, you. I I feel like, happen, but I mean, the NBA definitely opinion. needs to, like, treat the fan with more respect in this situation. But, I mean, back on, like, the low management thing, you know about, like, the whole, like, LeBron, where he says that he'd rather just, like, sit out minutes in the game but not miss the whole game i mean i wonder if like Kawhi could just do something like that i get that it's like a chronic issue maybe like warming up for the game is bad too but i feel like there's ways around it like i think that there's a middle ground that can be taken there somewhere i just feel like the clippers are really kind of i don't know i feel like they're kind of like doing the most for Kawhi. everybody's kind of walking on eggshells around Kawhi at the moment but he literally runs he's the most okay so lebron is a diva but Kawhi is the side yeah. of me. Like, he runs everything. Like, he's very quiet about it, but he's going to be very adamant about his stance. So he's like, listen, my health is an issue. My privacy is an issue. All of it. You know, if you can't adhere today, I'm not signing with you. I won't resign. And essentially, he has yeah. lippers in the palm of his hands because he only signed a two-year deal, correct? With that opt-out clause. You know what I'm saying? So, like, more than likely, I mean, he's going to stay with the Clippers, uh, you know, long-term, you know, to get that, you know, super max or whatever it is, that max that you can get. We stay with the team. But, you know, if they don't meet his demands and meet his needs and kind of go along the route that he wants to go, he can leave. That's how LeBron essentially hamstrung the Cleveland Cavaliers by consecutively doing one plus one uh, mm-hmm. deals and then opting out each time, you know. So it's like I respect it. You know, it's a power play. But uh, the Clippers don't have much of a choice to kind of mandate Kawhi to play. They're really, you know, been a trash team for so long going for that first championship, they're at the discretion of essentially Kawhi Leonard at this point. Like we says, hey, I want y'all to move Paul George for someone else, they're probably going to listen. <laughs> and Paul George yeah, probably gets For sure, for sure. Uh, let's keep things moving. So let's go ahead and get into our contenders power rankings. I'm going to go ahead and just throw out some teams uh, that I think are contenders. Let me know if there's somebody I missed or somebody you think I should not include. 
So, for my list in the Western Conference, I have the Lakers, Clippers, Ro- Rockets, and I have a question mark yeah. on the Jazz. Cause I fucking kind of iffy on them. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, I would just say nothing about the Jazz. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you say Nuggets down. instead of Jazz? Oh, uh, no, no, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I would say Nuggets instead of Jazz. I think they have more depth to compete. And the Jazz, I mean, I still I see the same problem honestly as last year. They look good at times, you know, really good. But who's gonna be? A, I mean, we know the close is Donovan Mitchell, but like, yeah. Conley's having a real tough go at it. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope he bounced back because I'm a Conley fan. He's having a tough go at it. Uh, Bogdanovich looks good. Um, but at the same time, if he's your second head on the team, you're going to go that far. Rudy Gobert has great nights, as he always does. But when you know when the playoffs slow down, you can really game plan a little bit better. And you limit Gobert to, like, you know, meaningless, meaningless dunks and things like that. Like, you can, you can game plan that. So, if, like, you really, like, you know, game plan to take Mitchell out and, like, someone else beat you, you have a great chance of winning against, you know, the Jazz. Whereas the Nuggets have firepower upon firepower. Like, Jokic can go off. Martin can go off. Murray can go off. Harris can go off. Uh, Millsap can go off. You know, like, anyone can have that game. And they have uh, serviceable defenders. You know, I like. I really like the Grant acquisition. I, th- I think that's a slept-on uh, pickup for them. Uh, but I feel like they have a, a lot, of, a great rotation of young and veteran presence. And I feel like they can really make some noise and like just hammer people out with their depth more so than their starting lineup or anything like that. So I think if the Jazz and the uh, Nuggets got into a playoff series at like four well, or five, the only complaint with that I would have is, the Nuggets in probably well, have a six or seven. A, I think that in this year, unlike previous years, you can't really just like game plan Rudy Gobert off the court. So I think in just about every matchup in the in well, every team, pretty much every like serious team, like, he's going to be on the court it's because either teams have bigs or they're not just you know out running out there with four or five like, lethal shooters. So I think his impact on the court will be huge for them. And then B, like, who do you think is better, Will Barton or Bogdanovich? Who's a better player? No, okay, hold on, <laughs> but that's that's the thing. Yeah, Bogdanovich. I just have guys like, who okay like, are cleaner bets to just you know score the ball or whatever. But the Jazz have more well-rounded, like, two-way players. Even, like, Royce O'Neal versus, like, a, like, like a player. Not the same like, words. Like he did not just say Royce right? Because, I mean, you can see the Conley, Bogdanovich, uh, and those guys are more so, like, the Millsap, Gary Harris, you know, whatever. But I'm saying, like, the, the player on the, on the Jazz, even guys like Moutier, guys like that, I think are able to be just solid in more games than not. That's like Moody doesn't play. Are I'm not, saying, like, are you bringing back Moody? What's the difference about Moody? Monte Morris. Monte oh Morris is a good God, player. Bro, I just bro. feel like there's times where he's just not going to be effective. He's just small. True. No, no, I get that. I get that. But listen, that's why that that like versatility with score can wear on you. You know what I'm saying? Like I would legit be scared of them uh, with the Lakers too. Not because of their star lineup, but like the Lakers trump their star lineup like pretty easily, honestly. But when the depth comes in, the bench comes in, like, they have that, you know, they get, they kind of give me the Raptors vibe, not necessarily with the defense, but that firepower on offense to where, like, they can outgun you and make things difficult for you, you know, in the right yeah. situation. So, uh, I'm just saying, like, their bench can be deadly. And we see now, especially the new formula, like, benches are really winning championships now. Like, great defense on bench and not much of a drop-off can carry you, even if the other team is 
low key the better team. You know what I'm saying? Like you got the cohesiveness, you got that grit, and you know what I'm saying tenacity on defense, um, and then you're able to still sustain that scoring. Um, it shows a lot, man. It shows a lot. Like you got to think, man. They had Pascal and you know Van Fleet. Now Pascal was starting though. Wait, they had Van Fleet. Yeah, I think yeah. Pascal, I mean, the bench you know, is definitely in, strong, in the way yeah, having those three, you know those three guys off the bench right. in the playoffs. They're just like solid, interchangeable with your starters. Is definitely huge. I would definitely agree with you with that. But uh, let's go ahead and rank these things out real quick. So I mean, I'll just go through my ranking so you can just give me your critiques on it. So I have Lakers at the number one spot, followed by the followed by the Bucks, Clippers, Sixers, Ooh. and I have the Jazz here. But you can throw the Nuggets, whatever, and then Rockets. Either Jazz, Nuggets, Rockets. I have them all last. So Lakers, Bucks, Clippers, Sixers. And then Jazz, Nuggets, Rockets, all under that. What do you think? That's pretty heat, bro. That's pretty heat. I, I politely disagree, but I appreciate that. You know, as an average Lakers fan, I always, you know, vouch for the Lakers. But the Lakers are not the best team in the NBA. Let's go the Clippers. Uh, so I'll go Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, Sixers, um, and then interchangeable. You know, you could throw in your Rockets, uh, you know. Nuggets, Jazz, whomever, like who's fighting for the fourth and no one cares about. Um, but the real contenders are, you know, the Sixers. Uh, Bucks, yeah, yeah. I mean, Clippers, the reason I have Lakers up the there Lakers. is because I'm more so just going off of like what we've seen so far. And up until this point, them having the number one defense in the league and having, you know, potent, you know, potent scores on offense, I feel like you just have to give them that nod at this point because we have not seen. You know, the Clippers all together. And Clippers have been dropping games, man. Like, I mean, I can't sugarcoat it. But is that not concerning you? Bro, they, they don't care. No, it doesn't because, yeah. they're, one, they're low management. So, like, they, they really don't care about the Like, think about it. Let, let's see if the Clippers get a three seed. Who's ever in that six speed is scared. Like, like I don't want to be here. Like, even if the Lakers got the six seed, they would, like, try hard to get out of that, either go to seven or go to, like, number four or something. Like, no one wants to see the Clippers in the first round. Like, and the Clippers are cognizant of that. Like, they don't really care about the seeding. Uh, the only thing they might be cognizant of is, like, getting out of the Lakers' way. Like, they don't want to see the Lakers in the first-round matchup like, against essentially anybody else. They feel pretty comfortable about that chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that for sure. Like, for they, sure. they don't care about um, the season. And while, yeah, I mean, the Clippers, like, it's, like at full strength, is a very scary team, no doubt. I think it's interesting that, I mean, the Lakers and Clippers, we both have them, like, high. Do you think there's, like, a gap between them and, like, the other Western Conference teams? Or is it more so they're just, like, ahead? Oh, I think it's a gap, but I don't think it's, like, a significant gap. You know what I'm saying? Like, the good thing about the West is that it's so competitive that, like, I feel like any team in the West, well, I feel like most teams in the West can get about two games off of the Clippers or mm-hmm. the Lakers. You know, any legitimate team. Like, I think the Rockets can. Um, besides those, like, seven, eight seeds, um, I think any other team can get like a game or two. I don't know if I feel like they have a chance. I really do feel like, like not a chance, you know. But I feel like they can get. Would a you chance have well. all right? Would you have like the Bucks, like or Sixers, like? What do you put them compared to, like Lakers? Yeah, the East. Oh, the Lakers. Oh, well, in the East, like there. I mean, no one like. They, you know, they the least teams like the Bucks and Sixers are like seven game series, battling it out, like. Same tier as the other teams, split by a hair. That's how I feel. Like, I'm, t- I'm just talking about in the East. So if the Bucks are going against like whomever gets the seed in the East, 
like the Bucks are going to win pretty easily. And the same thing with the uh, Sixers. Until they see each other, that's going to be the first like legitimate battle. I mean, but compared Even to with the, the Celtics, Celtics, it's so not like, going to be like that. We have finals, but like, and we're just ranking um, like, who's the number one, like who's like our favorite to win a championship. Are the like are the Bucks or Sixers? Are they like same tier uh-huh. as like the Clippers as like the number one spot, or is it more? The Celtics got with those two. No, no, no. It's it's, it's a gap. Uh, it's not a huge gap, but. Like, uh, you know, if they were in separate conferences, so if, like, the Lakers were um, in the East and the Clippers were in the West, like, they would be heads and heels above everyone else. Um, so uh, this just provides the opportunity to kind of see something from a different lens. Um, but, yeah, but, yeah, my bad. But, yeah, nah, I don't see anyone, like, it's a significant gap. Like, the Bucks aren't. On the Clippers level, and need I, I don't know, man. I just feel like nah, the Sixers are we're taking the Clippers, man. The we're putting them like in this Golden State, like untouchable category. Yeah, I just feel like they haven't deserved that yet. Not a, no, they're definitely touchable, but like they're literally the best team we've seen, you know, in a while. And like an actual team, like not a super team, they're the best like team that can still be beat in a while. Like we know the Warriors won't lose them. <laughs> like. It was already a foregone conclusion who was winning the championship. The reason why this is so exciting now is because it's literally up for grabs for, like, literally anyone. Um, and, that, and like, four teams have legitimate chances of doing it. And I'll mm-hmm. put an asterisk in on, like, a, a team that gets hot at the right time or picks up the right waiver uh, wire claim, so the right uh, people during the buyout market, they can nudge themselves in as well. So, like, you know, the Rockets and... Uh, the Jazzes of the world and, you know, the Nuggets of the world. Uh, I don't really see anyone yeah, where he's making yeah. bump, like, the Celtics up or, uh, yeah. But, like, they're, they're, I mean, there's legit parity, especially in the For West. Sure. So, uh, man, it's, well, we'll keep track of good. that. So, I mean, that's a good too. basis of just, like, who the teams are and, like, where they're at. As we go throughout the season, we'll definitely, you know, update that as players get back from injury, potential trades. Maybe we'll watch some rumors to see how that will affect these like contender teams. Um, but for now, let's go ahead and end the day out with our week preview of nationally televised games. So on uh, Tuesday today, uh, NBA TV is Blazers Pelicans and then Thunder Lakers. I mean, it's pretty trash in that first game, but I thought like the Thunder Lakers could provide some entertainment, especially with Chris Paul against LeBron. Any thoughts? I mean, kind of, not really. Um, I, th- I think this is a good setup game for the Lakers to lose uh, simply because, you know, they might just take the night off or, like, the excitement of last night, Kobe being there and all them, they have potential to drop it. The Pelicans-Blazers is going to actually be a good game simply because the Blazers are kind of trash. Yeah, I mean, mellow, but the Blazers are trash, so I think they'll play down to the Pelicans. And the Pelicans play hard enough to where, like, they can legitimately <laughs> win the game. Players in the league, <laughs> bro. Like I don't even want to talk about KCP. Even though he had a good uh, game, you know, last <laughs> night, like he's still KCP. So like, I, I just think about how movable. No trade clause. Like, well, at least his salary <laughs> anyway, but he, he's <laughs> Rich Paul is that guy. But anyway, I know, so, bro. Oh, I mean, going back to Blazers real quick too. I think that first game, which would be, I mean, it's the day before, so you guys know the result, but we won't yet. The Blazers Rockets. I don't think there'll be much Melo there, but the Pelicans game could provide time to see Melo dust it off if he's going to play any of these first two games. Watch for that. Uh, Wednesday, 
I think before right right before Christmas. Zion, no, Christmas, when is Zion projected okay. date? And like okay. Lonzo, so please get these stuff, like, hands on national TV. Ingram's hurt. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah so really Wednesday we have yeah, we really don't uh, care about the Pelicans. Warriors right, Mavericks ESPN followed by Celtics Clippers uh all these like the first games all these like injury riddled teams but anyways the Celtics Clippers could be fun Celtics only one team in the NBA right now in terms of record I mean they just lost but other than that I mean I don't know what do you think man I really want to see Jalen Brown body either Paul George or Kawhi. I know it won't end well for him, but I really like him as a defender. Uh, I like his game overall, uh, honestly. Like, he's the prototypical, you know, young, you know, not even 3 and D, but just like a great, stout defender. Uh, kind of play around with that. Um, but, you know, I think that'll be a fun game. That's something I'm interested to watch. <laughs> we'll see if we get Kawhi and Paul George actually to play together at any, at any point this year. So, you know, maybe this will be the first Also, until you get the actually, whole... No, uh, to like Paul George and Kawhi versus Jalen Brown and uh, was what's his name? Jason Tatum. <laughs> but that's like the uh, guy. Jason Tatum. Well, the disrespect young guys like, yeah. back when they could have got Paul or Kawhi from the original teams. And it's like, I mean, Celtics fans always say, "Oh, we trade Jalen Brown for Kawhi." We already have a young Kawhi. These are the guys they compare them to. So I'll be <laughs> a good wing battle. <laughs> Okay, first of all, no one's calling Jay. J- okay, we're not. No one's calling Jalen Brown the next Kawhi. Okay, so first of all, Celtics fans are all trash by nature, like some of the worst people on earth. So well, I mean, we're not going to go to them for any type of legitimate clause. And I hope my boy JC hears this as well, being a trash Celtics fan. Like who who does that? But anyway, um, but yeah, like, it's no the one, young they're guys. They're not man. even the same stratosphere right now. You know what I'm saying? Like they're young, up and coming guys. Yeah, they're young and up and coming guys. They're good for the age, but like. <laughs> Let's not make this uh, Kawhi and Paul George versus Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, come on, bro. Like, they gonna outscore these dudes like forty points and keep them to like ten points. I guess. So let's, I let's guess. Just, let's but just next day, Thursday, we have Blazers Bucks on TNT, followed by Pelican Suns. Blazers Bucks. I mean, twenty point blowout. I mean, I wouldn't watch that. It's gonna be pretty bad. Melo's gonna look awful. Hopefully, he doesn't lose his contract <laughs> on the first night against the Bucks. I mean. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh uh, I mean, the Blazers will be very hungry, so they might try to come at it. So I doubt it, though. Yeah, I mean, it'll be uh, yeah, you're right. It won't be a big game um, unless Giannis just decides to get in foul trouble. Like unless they get Giannis in foul trouble early, they can make it the game. Other than that, um, I don't see much excitement out of this. Other than again, Melo. Again, can we please get? Because that'll be fun game. against the Suns, who are playing oh, good this year. So now it won't be. That's, yeah. Yeah, if they got her Aiden wasn't, you know, <laughs> on steroids and whatnot. Um, yeah. It'll be cool. And if Zion wasn't, you know, hurt. But please, NBA, until Zion gets back, please, like, switch these games up. Like, I, I <laughs> Friday, we have the Try, actual, please. probably the best night Try. of the whole week. Yeah, Spurs, Sixers on ESPN, followed by Rockets, Clippers. Spurs, Sixers will be a very good, I mean, it'll be an interesting battle. I know Spurs defense is trash, so they might get rained that night. But, I mean, if both teams put up a fight, it'll be fun. And then Rockets Clippers, I just want to see if the Clippers can avenge that bad loss to the Rockets. Maybe both of their stars will play. What do you think? I, I love it. I love seeing Kawhi get torched. You know what I'm saying? So, that's, that's beautiful for me. And I know he's my favorite player. I don't care. He shouldn't have played for the Clippers. So, yes, I want the Rockets to beat them by 50 points. Um, I want Brody and... James Harden to have a triple double with over thirty points apiece. 
Um, <laughs> I, I really want this to get ugly really quick. Um, and yeah, really. And I want I want these uh, teams. In Bro, the I think this is each a, other as a three and six no. seed. Um, That's like a five game. Season. It won't happen. But I really want that. No, I really want <laughs> it's going to get ugly quick. Come on. Even. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But but I, I want I want the bear to just go off for like two games and then go up two off like just something crazy, bro. Like I would want that <laughs> more, like why the like losing more. And I'm like, yeah, bro, you should have came to the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Like I want something crazy like that. Like I want the Clippers to have the toughest matchup possible for that first round setup. And it seems like I'm in the Rockets. It's going to wrap so this up I, I Saturday. Pelicans Jazz. Uh, yeah, we already talked about the Pelicans trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's NBA TV. I'm just Bro, going to you say the Pelicans one more time. And they know we're not saying I promise I'll hang up. <laughs> hey, hey, block them out, bro. Just call them Zionists. You know what I'm saying? Say Zionists versus whoever. That's what <laughs> right. we're going to call them. Finally, on Monday, it is Jazz Bucks, NBA TV, followed by Thunder Warriors. Oh, they had oh, that's, all a good one. that's a good one. Crazy no, one Thunder Warriors is good. Yeah, Jazz oh Bucks. God, what are your thoughts? But, man, that's going to be a really good one. I'm probably going to watch that one closely. I want to see the switches. I want to see how they play. I mean, two guys. I mean, two really big teams, honestly. Two physical teams, kind of battling it out. Uh, that's gonna Definitely. be fun. Also, to Giannis versus so I'll, I'll be It's always an interesting matchup because the first half he's always kind of like trash. Giannis is, but like the second half he always figures Gobert out and always puts up like twenty in the second half. So that'll be fun. And we've already lost to them once this year, so we can't lose again. Uh, <laughs> or else I'll be very upset. But anyways, uh, that'll do it for you. <laughs> Tuesday pod. Anything else you want to say to him? Uh, nothing, all, folks. Uh, we're gonna call the Pelicans from now on Zion list until they get Zion again. Yeah, we will see. Also, uh, see you guys tomorrow with another episode. Once again, this has been the Lead at NBA Pod. If you like what you heard, please hit that follow or subscribe button. Because we are a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you help us get the word out. We want to offer all fans a different flair and perspective as they follow this year's NBA season. As always, follow us at the League NBA Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes and to engage in the conversation and debates going around the internet. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow with more coverage of the NBA.